0: I'll pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, the Bible. Thank you so much for our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. As we look at his heart, which is your heart, both truly God, the one true God, we pray uh, that we'll be compelled uh, to live for him in response to his love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, when I was in year six, our whole grade was given this assignment to do. And we had to pick something from the environment. I kind not if we had to pick a bird or not, but I picked this honey eater bird thing. And um, we had to do an assignment. I'd do a project on it. Back in the days with a big piece of cardboard and you did a project and you went to the news agent to get information on this thing. There was no internet back in those days. And uh, I did this assignment. And the top four assignments in the grade... One, a trip into the city to meet with Tim Fisher, who was then the Minister for the Environment and later on the Deputy Prime Minister John Howard. And I, I won. I was top four. I'm not sure if I was first or second or third or fourth, but I was top four and I was very excited and that was back in the days when teachers were allowed to reward excellence, which was great. So I, I won and I got to go in the city and uh, meet Tim. It was really cool. It was even in the newspaper. I haven't got the clipping anymore, which is really sad. Mum probably does. Um, so it was great. I got to, uh, yeah, meet this really, really important guy. Has anyone else got any stories you're willing to share about times you got to meet someone really important for some reason? Anyone? Anyone? John? Mike Baird of the baseball? Fantastic. Were you invited to meet Mike Baird or were you, you just, just saw him? Yep. okay. Cool. You're invited to meet John Howard because you were working the Olympics? Yeah. Wow. That's that's really cool. Was he the Prime Minister then? Yes. Julian met the Prime Minister a <laughs> bit? Please do. You used to holiday with John Howard. <laughs> of course you did. Really? <laughs> that's that's so, that's very, okay, well, we'll leave it there. Um, well, I can go one better than a vet, way better than a vet, actually. Our passage today uh, teaches us that people are invited to meet with Jesus. We're invited to meet him, uh, the creator and saviour of the world. But not just to meet him, Jesus' invitation is to meet him, to know him, uh, to be known by him, to learn from him And Jesus says in the passage today to be yoked together with him. And so we're going to think about what that means. What's it mean to be yoked together with Jesus? And what's his invitation? How do we get it? How do we accept this invitation uh, to be yoked together with Jesus? I've got an uh, image of what a yoke... Oh, there's Tim. I've got an image of what a yoke looks like. It's that bit of wood across the oxes, And I've got a (laughs) a very inadequate... All illustrations are inadequate... But the theory here is that Jesus is the big ox and we're the little ox, right? The little ox isn't so little. It really needs to be like infinitely proportional. But anyway, there's a picture we're going with these two people yoked together is the image we get in the passage of Jesus' invitation to, uh, to be yoked together with him. So keep your Bibles open. Um, the first thing we learn from the passage is Jesus' invitation is not accessible Uh, through human intellect or human wisdom. Uh, John Howard's invitation to dinner was accessible by being his neighbour, but Jesus' invitation uh, is not accessible through human intellect or through human wisdom. God favours the humble, uh, not the arrogant. Now, unlike this invitation uh, to meet Tim that I won using my intellect and hard work, uh, Jesus' invitation is freely given And sadly, this means that those who consider themselves wise and learned often miss out. Not always, but they often miss out. Look at verse 25 again. I want to read it uh, again. And 26. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Note Jesus calls God Father and Lord of heaven and earth. Uh, God, the creator of heaven and earth, is the one whose name is majestic in all the earth. He is splendid. He is far above uh, all others. And at the same time, Jesus calls him dad, calls him father. He has eternally been the father of the son. An extraordinary truth of the gospel is that now all who trust in Jesus, who repent and turn to him, can call God their Father, which is only possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And knowledge of God, who he is, what he's like, what he's doing with our world, is concealed from mankind and only revealed through Jesus. Now, In Genesis chapter 11 is recorded the Tower of Babel story. Remember the Tower of Babel story? where people tried to get themselves to God. They thought they could reach up to God by building this great tower, but God destroyed their tower and scattered them by confusing their language. Man's attempt to get to God is always thwarted. Today we delve into human genomes and we stretch out to the heavens using the Hubble telescope and now we're going on a mission to Mars to try to discover, which is a great thing, but... Often we're trying to discover the origins of mankind. We're trying to work out who God is and if he really exists. Matthew 11.25 says you will fail if you try by human strength to find God and work out who he is. It's impossible. God has hidden himself from the proud, from the arrogant, who assert themselves. But he's revealed himself to the humble, Now, he says, to little children, this passage isn't saying that only little kids can find God, but children are small and weak and forced to be humble. Like kids, we need to humble ourselves before God and recognize we can't know him unless he reveals himself to us. God reveals himself to the humble. Now, the kingdom of heaven is not only available to the highly intellectual, it's available to those who are willing to humble themselves before God. This doesn't mean that the highly intelligent can't find God. It means that all people, highly intelligent, not as intelligent, need to come to God the same way, through humble submission before Jesus. Jesus alone reveals the Father to us. Jesus quietly claims here, in these passages, to be the locus of all revelation. All of God's revelation comes from him and through him. Whatever revelation there may be, dispersed in human intellect and values, in action, in nature, in history, the centre of all of God's self-disclosure is in Jesus of Nazareth. He fulfills all the hopes of the Old Testament. He is the heart of all revelation. In a dark world that's lit by candles and lamps, Jesus comes as this bright light, this searchlight in the world. Look again at Jesus' astounding claim in verse 27. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus claims to be the plenipotentiary representative of the Father. fathers. Anyone know what that word means? I only learnt that word from watching the West Wing. If you watch the West Wing, whenever he commissions a diplomat, he says, you are now a diplomat to this country and plenipotentiary, which means that person alone represents that country in the other country that they're going to. So in case of uh, West Wing, it's the U.S., He sends them off to Venezuela. They they alone are the sole representative in Venezuela of the US and they come with all the force of the law and strength of the US as well as a diplomat representing in that country. Um, Jesus comes from the Father's side, equipped with the power of the Father and the wisdom of the Father and the knowledge of the Father. And the only way to access the Father is through him. He's the any potentially representative of the father jesus like the father is omnipotent he's all-knowing he's omniscient he's sorry all-powerful he's omniscient he's all-knowing he's omnipresent he's all-seeing no one knows him but the father and no one knows the father but him and he comes with all this power displaying the compassion of the father's heart This ultimate power and sovereignty comes with a deep love and gentleness and kindness. It seems contradictory, but it's true. Jesus fully represents God and he comes with God's own claim on human hearts. And because Jesus alone shares both God's divinity as God himself, he also has our own humanity. So he and he alone can reveal the Father to us it reminds us irresistibly of the words of jesus in john's gospel i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me anyone who has seen me has seen the father if you want to know what god is like look at jesus if you want to get through to god you must come to jesus If you want to discover the epicentre of God's self-disclosure, you will find it only in Jesus. That is the claim. And this is what makes Christianity at once so wildly attractive and wildly hated by people in the world. The sheer exclusivity of the claim drives people in either one direction or the other. And that doesn't allow us the comfort of any middle ground. C.S. Lewis said, there is no way of reconciling Jesus' humility of lifestyle, quality of character, and profundity of teaching with the rampant megalomania which must color his theological claims about himself if he is not God. He comes as this all he claims to be this almighty being, which he is, but like we saw in the kid spot. He doesn't come with impressiveness and gold and silver and capes and crowns, he comes with gentleness and kindness and love, seemingly contradictory, unless he's truly God himself, which of course he is. And we're invited to decide how we will respond to Jesus' claims, Jesus' staggering claims about who he is. Astonishingly, Jesus, the one who proceeds from the Father's side, the revelation of God himself, offers this wonderful and warm invitation to all people. Look at verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, or lowly, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come. That one word shows us the very heart of God. What he wants. He wants us to come to him. That's his attitude to sinners. Welcome. And acceptance. An indiscriminate welcome. The weary and the heavily burdened are particularly invited. Perhaps that's you. This may have a significance beyond the obvious. In in Jesus' time, the Greeks sought using wisdom and philosophy to find the answers to life, and they've been doing this for decades, and perhaps they were weary. The Jews relied upon the law with all its rules and regulations that they had to obey day in, day out, and that was how they were trying to see themselves saved. I imagine they felt burdened. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened. Paul speaks of the law in Acts chapter 15 as a yoke that is unbearable. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it's through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we're saved. Jesus came to end the search For God by taking his people into his loving arms. He came to lift the burden of the law off of people's aching backs, not to tie more burden on. He offers rest, not a cessation from toil. There's still work to be done, but it's not burdensome work. He offers peace. He offers fulfillment. He offers a sense of being put right in life. We have only to come and trust ourselves to him and we'll find that rest. And there's a deeper rest still, which cannot be given but can only be found. The rest of taking Jesus' yoke upon us and entering into partnership in life with him. He wants not only to welcome back the sinner, but also to train the disciple. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to live as he did. Come to me. He's followed by, take my yoke upon you. The yoke was that wooden collar for pulling enormous weights together. They would work together. Jesus says, the carpenter of Nazareth, who would have made lots and lots of yokes back in his day, he says, come to me, my yoke will fit you perfectly. It will not rub your shoulders. It will not feel heavy. It will not feel a burden. Yoke yourself to me and together. You can live for me. Get yoked up to me. So how do we yoke ourselves to Jesus? Uh, we, can't hand up, <clears throat> we can't hand out these large wooden planks at church. That's not how it's done. Um, it means to humble yourself before him, to repent, to admit that you have sinned and ask for God's forgiveness through Jesus. That's how we yoke ourselves to Jesus. Humble repentance, acknowledging we've sinned before God, saying sorry and then making Jesus the Lord of your life rather than yourself. Make Jesus' will your will for yourself. Jesus says it means listening to him, reading the Bible and then doing what it says. Trusting in Jesus means not only listening but then doing what it says. And then what happens when we yoke ourselves to Jesus? Look at verse 29 again. It says, We find rest for our souls. The anguish and anxiety of not knowing our place in the world, not knowing what the future holds, not knowing what happens after death, all goes away. We find rest, peace for our souls. Jesus is meek. That means gentle and caring. He's humble, lowly. That means kind and approachable. He seeks to use his infinite power for your good. One of the guys in the men's group on Wednesday night said something profound. He said, Jesus is with us by his Spirit and he wants to help us. We just need to ask, <laughs> and he will. We just need to pray, Jesus, I've got this thing to do, it's hard, help. Help me to live your way, help me to do this thing in your name that's hard, help me. And he longs to help us. Simple yet profound, isn't it? Jesus wants to be yoked to us. Isn't that incredible? He wants to share our burden. But more than that, he wants to do the lion's share of the heavy lifting to make it light for us. Yoke to Jesus, we find rest for our souls. Secondly, we find direction, meaning for our lives. Yoke to Jesus, we find ourselves yoked to the author of life, the one who's sovereign over all things, the one who knows what the future holds. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and listen to me. He tells us how to live our lives, the best way. It's humbling. We don't know the best way to live our lives, but Jesus does. And we have to admit that. It's humbling. But the invitation's only for the humble. Those who are arrogant, who think they know what's best for themselves, the invitation isn't for them. The invitation is those for those who are humble, who don't know what's best for their lives. Who want to take Jesus' lead? For the humble, Jesus offers rest. He offers direction. Listen to me. I know everything. I know you intimately. I'll tell you how to live. I'll tell you which way to go. I'll tell you which way not to go. I remember an existential crisis I had when I was about twenty. I was wondering, what's what's this life all about? I was not a Christian. I was sitting in a bar in Darling Harbour and it was about two o'clock in the morning. We'd been drinking and my friends were off dancing and I was alone. I can still picture the table I was sitting at. And I wondered, is this really it? Is this what life's all about? We work to earn money, we spend the money on comfort and fleeting pleasure and we do that and then we have children, we teach them to do the same thing to earn money to spend that money on comfort and fleeting pleasure, and then we die. Is this what life's all about? Really? Really? Is this as good as it gets? It wasn't long after that that I finally accepted my friend's 48th invitation to church (laughs) over four years. I don't know if it was 48, it was a lot. And I discovered Jesus. And I discovered that wasn't what life was all about. Jesus wants us to be a yoke to him to be saved, to know eternal life, to know peace, to know rest. How many people do you know who are working just to maximise comfort, just to gain as much pleasure as they can and really have no idea of the purpose of human existence? I know a lot. I play tennis with a lot every Tuesday night. I feel deeply for them all. Jesus' offer is for all. Jesus' heart is for all of the lost, if they're willing to humble themselves before him. His heart, his nature is gentle. His nature is welcoming, it's accepting. He longs for us to find rest of soul and peace of mind in his warm and mighty embrace. That is the heart of our Lord. He wants to give us purpose and meaning. He wants to put us to work for him, but assures us it won't be burdensome because he'll help us. Rest doesn't mean sitting around doing nothing, as nice and necessary as it is sometimes. Rest means working for Jesus and loving it and enjoying it. Finding your purpose in life in it. For he is with us. He does the hard work for us. Most clearly at the cross. When he died to pay the price for our sins and rose again in glory. Friends, the last two years have been hard hard. For us all haven't they harder than usual me included they've been hard and I've found this passage to be a cool rush of spring water to my soul that Jesus welcomes us in he asks he invites us to be yoked to him and he longs to help us in life to live for him to live the way we were made to live to do the things God has prepared in advance for us to do so can I encourage you to pray to him, to ask him for help in your life, to accept his invitation to you. Can I pray? Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his warm invitation to us, to be yoked together with him. It's an extraordinary invitation, Lord, but it's true. Lord, may we accept his invitation. May we humbly repent of our sin, humble ourselves before him. Lord, may we, we recognise that your will for our life is better than any will we could have for ourselves. May we open our Bibles and listen to Jesus and live for him, knowing he helps us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.